0: I'm Deanna Robbins and I'm Christy North. Welcome to Pieces of a Woman podcast where we explore all the pieces that make up a woman, mind, body, and soul. We are two everyday women who have survived, thrived, been defeated, humbled, and spent our lives committed to embracing all complexities of being a woman. This podcast is dedicated to all women, all women searching for real conversations. We are going to be exploring everything from sexuality, aging, menopause, physical and mental health, spirituality, marriage, divorce, and blended families. Everything is on the table
1: except politics. Every episode will be committed to engaging conversations that will include interviews with influential women, leaders, healers, authors, and good friends. Thank you for taking this journey with us.
0: Okay, this is hot off the press. This is Turn the Mic on Christy, and we had so much fun. Well, okay, I, when I say we had so much fun, I would say Scott, myself, and your husband, Kenny, had so, so much fun turning the mic on you. Let's give them titles. Executive Producers, Scott Robbins and Kenny <laughs> North. <laughs> right. Also known as Executive Producers, right? Um, I want to say this is been, we have a two-part series. And we had a lot of feedback from people who had listened to our episodes and all the support of the downloads and, you know, people embracing our journey. And we had a lot of people say, I personally had a lot of people reach out to me and say, I want to know more. I want to know more about you guys, even people that knew me but didn't know you, Christy said, I want to know more about Christy. Like, I want to hear a little bit more. And I'm like, man, she's got a story. So let's make Christy the guinea pig. (laughs) Let's do guinea pig Christy of the podcast and let's turn the mic on her. Well, I have a question for you because um, we had this, well, I should say we outside of you had this brilliant idea of turn the mic on Christy, but how did it feel? Was it easy? Was it hard? I mean, you embraced it. But how did you feel doing it? Um, I would say
1: I'm I'm at a place today that you could pretty much ask me anything and I would be an open book. And so today it worked for me. If you would have, you know, done like 15 years ago and said, let's turn the mic on Christy, I probably would not have been as open because I was at a place in my life where I was still learning and and kind of holding back. And today I'm, you know what? This is me. This is my story.
0: This is who I am. Love me or leave me. (laughs) Love me or leave me. Yeah. Well, this is the one beautiful thing about you. And I'm going to say, this is our first episode. And it's a two-part series. Two-part, Christy North. Two Christy North. Christy North um, Nort has two-part series. <laughs> and to be clear, we didn't really dive into everything. No. Just to be clear, we didn't dive into everything. No, it
1: was, it was a, it was pretty much surface talk. But you still get to have bits and pieces of, yeah. you know, what and who makes Christy North. Yeah.
0: And I just want to say, Christy, the reason we have talked about and were inspired to do this podcast forever ago. Um, We are both on kind of a journey of embracing and exploring, and we are learning so much about ourselves, about the world, about just so many different things. But what you bring to the table and what I love about you so much is your journey, everybody's journey matters. Everybody's story matters. But when you look at a really powerful woman who has endured, oh my God, more than people will ever hear, probably. We know that. Um, So it's the surface, just so that our listeners know, um, endured so much, but you've overcome. You have been a fighter. You have not only been a fighter, you are like, I'm going to do this. And when you set your mind to something, you have accomplished it. You're an amazing mother, you're an amazing friend, you're an amazing daughter, and I, I just, you, your contribution to the world as a human being is just incredible. So, I don't know, I'm going to get a little emotional. Um, well, can, I just got to cut you off because we've done a few episodes on
1: self-love. Yeah. And to sit here in quietness... And just listen and not stop you. I know you're cringing a little bit (laughs) as you continue to um, compliment me. You know that's part of my growth is to allow um, celebration of who I am and um, or what you think I am, and that's that's tough. It's 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 tough, and I think we all kind of go through that when when people compliment us. And so I'm sitting here listening and trying to embrace what you're saying and it's it's hard because we I think just in general don't look at ourselves that way and what people think for of us on the outside sometimes surprises us so thank you thank yeah. you
0: um, that's you know amazing and I'd love and appreciate it but getting back to and I thank you for that because but getting back to the reason we created pieces of a woman is we have recognized there are so many pieces that make up the women we are today. Every woman out there, um, there are so many pieces and we need to embrace all of it. And I'm so excited for our listeners to get to know you a little bit more and a little bit deeper. And this first episode is awesome. So, Scott, my husband, uh, who is a great interviewer, um, and Christy's so gracious to go, okay, go ahead. Um, I let him turn the mic, I let him have all questions.
1: And Kenny got to jump in, you got to jump in. And I just yeah. kind of sat back. And um, I'm, I'm grateful actually for the opportunity because it did allow me a space to, to be real with what I was comfortable with. Um, and it was good. It was healing. And that's what we're talking about healing and, and embracing who we are. And
0: so we hope that you enjoy this episode. I hope my, my whole goal in this is I hope you will, our listeners out there, I just want you to hear the power of Christy chose to be a, a, a player, not a victim. And you chose to show up. We all have choices. And Christy made a lot of really tough choices in her life. And I'm excited to share her with you um, because it's a gift to know her story. And as you said, I know there are stories that are worse and there are stories that are not as bad, right? We all have a story. But you don't underestimate the power of your story because I think you give hope. And inspiration to so many people of, okay, how do you overcome? So, welcome to uh, turn the mic on Christy and the pieces of the woman that make her who she is today. So, this is kind of fun because it's a little bit of, we're celebrating the launch of the podcast with our adorable husbands, AKA executive producers, writers. Yeah supporters um critiquers, critiquers uh yeah cooks. influencers Influen- um i would say cooks we are cooks, cooks.
1: <laughs> they, they were with us the night that we were figuring out what we were going to title the podcast and helping us yeah, somewhat right. design it so we did
2: came up right. with the the actual image
0: yeah that's right and name that
2: night <clears throat> and name all in one night
0: so we did have some help we, <laughs>
2: we did have a little bit. of help. We did have some help.
0: They've been along the ride with us through this, through all of it. I know it's been it's been so much fun, and so we're we've had a little bit of champagne, and we're just having we're diving into kind of a great conversation, and it's been inspired a little bit by Scott is really good at what we're calling turn the mic um, and asking the questions. He's a great person to ask questions. He does this all the time with people. And he's been turning the mic on Christy. So I think we're going to take advantage of letting him ask some questions so we can get to know Christy a little bit better.
3: I think that's a good plan. Turn the mic on Christy. That's, <laughs> are, are you ready?
0: I'm so ready. <clears throat> I'm a well, little nervous. I'm not
1: going to lie. I'm a little nervous. but Well,
3: like you said, we can just edit it out if it doesn't work. <laughs> so I, I think a lot of people on this podcast just... If they don't know you, they want to know you, like where you're from, your background and all that kind of stuff. But um, Deanna kind of hinted on it earlier. Tell us why you wanted to do a podcast.
1: You know, I think we started talking about who we are today, how we got to where we are in our life and everything that got us to this place. And so we, I think we're both at this point in our lives where we're celebrating and we can actually look back and honor all of those experiences, challenges, and say, that's why I'm who I am today. And so that, so the podcast, we thought if we could share that, maybe there would be a listener or two (laughs) that might relate (laughs) and, um, and gain some insight to themselves And celebrate who they are today.
0: Well, I just want to interject, Scott, before you start asking more questions. But I think Chrissy is very, we're a lot alike in this, where we have come from a little bit sketchy, a little bit crazy backgrounds, um, more crazy than we ever let anybody know. And I don't know why we do that, but that's a whole other. I wouldn't
3: say crazy is the right word. I would say.
0: Kind of crazy. Rough. 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 Rough is the background. Say. yeah rough is a good word but I think Christy um, you see the powerhouse that she is today and how successful that she is today and all that you have accomplished is is just amazing um, but I think it's important for people to know really how did you get there because it wasn't like the the road was paved for you you are a fighter, you're a survivor. And anyway, it just it's inspiring and I think people are gonna love to hear from you. Well, and you know I like we talked about earlier, everybody has a story mm-hmm. And
1: um, my story, you know for me when I look at it and think about it and you know start talking about it, for me it was a, it, it, it was a deep story, but there's so many stories out there that I always you know I, I kind of tend to go. Was mine that bad? Because like there, there's so many that you hear, or read, and you think, okay, well, I couldn't do that. But I still, you know, I still do reflect and go, you know, it was, it, it's definitely not the story of my kids.
3: Right. Do you have, like, so do you have a quick four-sentence story about Christy North? So I'm in real estate, and when someone meets me, they go, tell me your background, and I have it on cue. I know. Born and raised in Florida, and I just go from there. Do you have a set story for Christy North? I don't think I do. Okay. Well, let's start with where were you born and raised?
1: So I was, I'm born and raised here, Salt Lake City, okay. um, 50 years. I okay. grew up in uh, Madna, West Valley, Kearns. Mm-hmm.
3: And for those who don't know that, that's not the high end, upper scale area. That is not it. It's a little bit. Rough urban area. We
1: categorize it as the West Side.
3: The West Side, baby. And we
1: refer to it as the Hood. The Hood. Mm -hmm. The West Side. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
3: Okay. And so you grew up in the West Side. Obviously, you you spent most of your childhood there.
1: Yes. So I um, am one of um, three siblings. I, I pause because that's a story. You know, we have a sibling that. Was adopted out but um i was raised one of three with my mom who's a single mother okay um most of actually most of my childhood she was single and yeah we lived in magna kerns west valley
0: we were known so, were you known as the latchkey kid i was a latchkey kid mm-hmm.
3: and your siblings are how old how, what, or what the what's the different ages
1: so my brother is Fifty nine. Okay, I'm the middle, uh-huh. and my sister uh, is forty six. So that's that's my childhood siblings, and I have a sister that is older as well that we came into. Um, she came into our lives about fifteen years ago.
3: Okay, tell us about that. When you say someone, a sibling that came right. into your life, right. I mean that's just like what?
1: So my mom um, gave up for adoption Um, when she was in her, I want to say in her 20s, she gave up two kids for adoption in between having my brother and my sister and I.
3: Did you know that as a kid?
1: We learned that probably I would say in our teens. We always knew we had a sister and a brother Hmm. that were given up for adoption and um, as we got older and I and I probably into my 20s and 30s. We had a little bit more in-depth conversations of you know trying to find them, mm-hmm. and so um, we hired an investigator, and we were unsuccessful. But my sister, who is in California, uh, that was adopted, she found us um, and reached out, and she's been in our lives for now. I want to say it's been on twenty years, maybe eighteen years. Yeah.
3: I mean, ha- Two questions in the sense, as a kid, to know that there is another sibling out there that your mom had and gave up for adoption, does that even cross your mind of like, what? Or is it just like, okay, whatever, I don't know who that person is, and you just put it out of your mind? Well,
1: I think at a young age, it was, you didn't really know how to wrap your head around what that was. And it wasn't until I, I kind of got into my later teens and 20s where... I started to wonder and question, okay mom, you had my brother and you had to give up a baby for adoption after him. I didn't understand that piece that I, I was I was trying to understand how do you have a child but then you give up another child? And so mm, doing some more That's a
3: great question. Right. So I mean, I, that I, right there, why did you keep one right. and then give one up? Did right. she ever give you an answer?
1: So that's when we really started to kind of dig in and ask her the tough questions about you know, what that looked like and how that happened. And so learning that, you know, when she was young, my grandparents, it was the fact that she wasn't married. So she had divorced and she got oh. pregnant while she was not married. And so that was very shameful, mm-hmm. embarrassing um, for the family and so they would send mom off to California to have this baby. They actually sent her off. Sent her off so that Whoa. nobody would know. Um, that
0: was a single that was, life in Utah for women in the right. 60s and 70s. Right.
3: Okay, um, so, sorry. When she had your oldest brother, her, mm-hmm. old, her son, mm-hmm. first child, she was how old, roughly? She had to
1: be in her 20s.
3: Okay, so had him, mm-hmm. and then had another child out of wedlock, gave up for adoption, and then you came? And then I came. And then you came. Out of wedlock? And she was married. Married again, okay.
1: And then um, had my sister, Stacy, and then there was out of wedlock, and she was pregnant again. Whoa, that's, and ha- they
0: that's still crazy. in her
1: 20s, still young, because it was still, at that time, you know, I'm, I've learned since then... That was pretty common in that time that I think there was a lot of adoptions that were taking place hmm. when you were not married. And um,
3: But the fact that they shipped her to California mm-hmm. uh, to live, I mean, do you know if it was like for the entire nine, nine months or as soon as she started showing?
1: I believe it was for the majority. Wow. Uh, yeah.
3: Did they she go live with an aunt or something or...
1: I think Argentina, it was her siblings. I think she had a sibling that was okay. living there. And so she um, would have the baby come back and the Catholic church coordinated. Diocese. And yeah, they, have a, they have a big adoption that. thing. Yep.
3: Okay. Fascinating. I just think that's fascinating.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. And it's, you know, you have the question, you know, what did I think about that at a young age? And um, I, I think... That's, you know, at that point in my life, you, you didn't know how to really connect to it. You didn't know yeah, wasn't, and understand it. it wasn't in your world. So you just, you, you kind of just continued on and went. And then when, as you got older and, and you were re- recognizing, you know, mom would recognize birthdays. And we um, would say, she would say, oh, it's going to be one of their birthdays. And, you know, of course, mom would, you know, be trying to honor that for herself. And, you know, our my sister and I would start to get a little bit more, you um, curious mm-hmm. and we always thought you know one day we're gonna find them you know we we knew we would when we got older and, we had, and had the ability because at a young age you don't really know what you're doing and how you go about that and right. what that looks like and there was no social media there was no right online presence right that none right of that. you can't just Google ancestry.com mm-hmm. was not around yeah right
3: so have you ever asked your mom like how that the idea of giving up a child for adoption, how that affected her? Have you ever asked her?
1: I never thought how it affected her or questioned until after I lost my son.
3: Mm. That's a big one.
1: Right. And that's when I started to look at the life my mother had Mm. and how she... Continued her journey with that grief. That's when I. That's when I really started to admire and respect my mother. As through all of her challenges.
3: Did she? Ha- I mean, did she show grief with with giving her kids up with adoption, or are you talking about your grief?
1: I, I was. I when I going through my grief is when I really started to look at my mother differently because then I started to reconcile how, how much she had been through. And giving up two children, and how she worked through that her whole life. And I can't speak for my mom, but if I look back at what she struggled with, um, my mother, you know, became uh, an alcoholic through my young years, and I'm sure that had to have played into it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but with that, I can say, you know, mom demonstrated perseverance survival, coping skills, um, alongside all of that. And definitely in the past, probably 15 years, I've, I've watched a woman show, you know, joy and love for life and all of that. And I, and I, that's when I started questioning after losing my son, how did she do that? Mm -hmm. How did she
0: do that? Do you think, I'm just curious, Christy, because I think your mom and my mom are of the generation of, they're of the generation of you bury it and you, you put your mask on and you just move forward. So do you think your mom was a big part of, look, you just gotta, you just gotta bury it and, you, and they don't burden their children with their grief or their hurt or pain. Oh, you just move forward. And so it's interesting to hear you say because I feel like when you say that you had a different perspective of your mom when you lost Taylor. Was because you probably maybe realized she did suffer, she just didn't show it.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think a hundred percent that was the coping tool. It was you put it in that back compartment and you go on with mm-hmm. life. And um, you power through it. Yeah.
3: Before you lost your son, did you have any thoughts of that? Like, did you ever go, man? yeah, you know, my mom's had some tough times, but, but.
1: I always looked at mom having probably a very sad life. I always thought I, my mom has had a tough life. She's been single ninety percent of her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's still she, single now. She's still single. Right. She raised her kids alone on one income and at the time a very, you know, small income, mm-hmm. um, minimal support from if at all support from our father during our young years. And I, I, I would constantly just look and think, God, she's had a tough life, a sad life, but my mom wouldn't necessarily say that that was the case. That's my you know, perception. perception yeah.
3: yeah. Do you look to your mom as a role model?
1: I did not look at my mom as a role model f- for a long time. Yeah. I held a lot of um, resentment for years with my mom. But again, that was reframed for me after losing Taylor. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I... Wrote my mom a letter after Ooh. losing him. Wow. And I don't want to get emotional. I thanked her good. for everything she taught me about being a survivor. And that had I not had the life I had, good or bad the way I looked at it, I don't think I'd be the woman I am today.
3: Without a doubt, you wouldn't.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. So what, at what point in time did you, cause I already know this, but when did you actually move out of the house from your mom?
1: I left home at
3: 16. And where did you go?
1: I moved in with a friend that had her own place.
3: A six, another at friend had 16, she had was, her own she place? She was
1: in her twenties. She's oh. my dear friend today. Mm-hmm. Um, she, you know, had her own apartment and I had met her through, um, her, um, her husband today was actually a friend of mine and he introduced us and said, I think you guys would make good friends. Hmm. And,
3: because um, from 16 to 20, that's a big difference. I mean, um, not in life, but at 16, you're doing stuff that 20 year olds, 20 year olds aren't doing.
1: Oh, for sure. And I, I would have to say. With the life that I led at sixteen, in the library I wasn't your, all the time, I wasn't yeah. your typical sixteen-year-old. <laughs> There's definitely not that. So old.
0: at sixteen, though, how many times? Okay, we talked about this before, but how many times had you moved? We were talking about this. Yes, at just at sixteen, how many times would you say you had moved up to sixteen years old? And you weren't in. For those who can no, see, her
3: eyes are counting. No, you can tell <laughs> she's on one, two, three, four, five, five. So My
1: daughter just did an interview of me and houses and what a home means to you and for her first school project. And it was probably the first time that I had gone back and and counted how many homes, because that was one of the questions, how many homes have you lived in? And we ended up over 28 homes that I had lived in growing up. So by the time I was 16, I would say I was probably in the...
3: Fifteen, at
1: least twenties. Yeah. Yes, wow. That was a very common part of my life. Getting used to it, is just
3: changing. So, you know, this isn't about me, but my father, stepdad, was in the navy. So we moved, I've moved. I've moved seventeen times in my life.
1: Right.
3: But the move for me, it was duty calls. You know, there's a higher duty. You know, or mm-hmm. movement. Yeah. For you, I would expect it's a different, why are you moving 17 times? Right. It's not because mom got a new job. It's right. probably something else.
1: Right. Like, so,
3: what would those reasons be? Do you know?
1: It would probably be, most, most of the time it was, you know, eviction. Mm-hmm. Um, mom was struggling financially, just making ends meet. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to, you know, just afford where we were
3: living did you know that at the time, or oh, yeah. did she just go, hey, it's Friday, pack up, we're leaving?
1: We we would know, and it was, you know, that one thing mom did not, you know, she tried her best to protect us, but there's only so much you can sure. you can protect when it comes to that type of stuff, and, and it was, you know, it, we were very aware that we couldn't afford it.
3: And How did that fine. make you feel as a 13-year-old, a 9-year-old?
1: You know, it, it did... really, it changes you and, oh. it, and it, it, um, it, you either go one direction or you don't. And one of that, one of those choices is, is this what I want? Mm. Cause you start to forward think, you know, right. I don't want, I don't want this or how do I avoid this? Because this is tough and this is, you know. This is hard stuff, and and really what it did for me is it made it it made it very difficult for me to have connections to things.
3: Would you say that f- with to friends too?
1: With mostly material things.
3: Oh, it, uh, uh, you can't have a connection to material. Oh, tell me, well, I don't know what does that mean.
1: So I. C- if we buy you know we buy a house or we buy a car or whatever that looks like right. i don't get excited about those things oh. because i don't know how long i'm going to have them oh wow
3: that's fascinating it's now that's of, different now right well but as a no uh,
1: no. No, no it's no, not no it's not no and kenny and i you know we we talk about this a lot because you know we we have um we have a couple of investment properties or and i you know i'm i'm, I'm fortunate that i get to drive the car that i drive but i have I don't get excited about that stuff. In the back of my mind, it's probably going to go away at Uh, some point because that's what always happens.
3: Okay, we'll get back to the kid thing. So do you ever go buy yourself something nice? Like, do you ever go buy yourself a nice piece of jewelry?
1: So I have a really – I have a really – is it a bad habit? Is it a – my closet (laughs) is –
3: Kenny said he add on another wing.
1: Yes, he counted. <laughs> he counted my shoes one day, and and I won't say it on this, but I, I will oh, say God. that that comes from.
2: It's over a hundred um, plus. But so. it, but
1: you know you have to understand you know we all have these things we bring from our childhood right so for me going shopping for school was I could have one shirt one pair of pants and I might have to continue wearing my shoes for the next year until. Mom could get her next paycheck and then I could maybe have another twenty dollars to go buy an outfit. So so I grew up that way, right? Like right. I, I had to repurpose, yeah. refigure out what it clothes were. So it, as an adult, when I could afford on my own, that was that, that's my weak. that's my what do you call it? That's like my weakness. Vice. Like I, I like. And back nice then clothes. when you
3: actually had school clothes, Yes. You only wore these school clothes to school. Yep. Yes. Not play clothes. Oh, I
1: will. I will. Totally tell you, different. Yes. Yeah, so I was mortified yeah. when Kenny and I got together, and we blended our family. And he, his kids would go. His, you know, his ex wife would take the kids school shopping, and they would come home with all these school clothes, and they would be wearing them. <laughs> and I would be like,
3: it's "What not are you school. doing? It's what still August. It
1: started? No, you wore your, you bought your school clothes, yeah. and you." Put Parked them yeah. until the first day of school. Yeah. Yeah. And remember layaway. Thank God. For oh God. Layaway. We lived at Kmart layaway. It was like, a, that was our,
3: where thing. did you school shop? Kmart. Kmart. Mm-hmm. And you did layaway.
1: And we did layaway.
3: I, I bought a skateboard at Kmart on layaway once. Hey, layaway
1: was, right. yeah, I think they still have layaway. I think, I think they, I do. Think they do. If you yeah. can find a Kmart, yeah. Yeah, if you can find, can find, find a Kmart. Kmart They've
3: all closed. closed but,
0: yeah. <clears> yeah.
3: All right. So this is fascinating. I love this. Um, so I'm trying to see, because I, you mentioned something earlier about surviving. When your mom comes to you and says, okay, we got to move this weekend. After the sixth time that happens, are you just, is it now part of the routine? Okay, I grab my box of clothes and I'm out. And this is what we do. Or are you like, son of a mom? Are you effing kidding me? Right. Or are you yeah. just like, this is how life is, and you go? Are you the... not? I don't want to say submissive, but it's like, this is well, just our done. life. Right. Because if I bitch and complain, I still got to be up by Friday.
1: Right? You don't know any different. You don't know and any different. And kids did different. not speak. I mean, you didn't. just had to just deal with Right. Okay. I would say that I didn't know any different until... It happened my freshman year, and um, I was pretty integrated in the school. How long was, had
3: you been in that place?
1: We had
3: before you. So
1: I was in. I was fortunately I got to stay in the same junior high, but we probably lived in at least eight homes during that time frame. Wow! But um, I remember trying out. We were. I was. We were going into um, our. Um, my, my ninth grade year and I was a cheerleader that year.
3: And I just want to see that picture.
1: I know it's beautiful. You'll have to see it, but <laughs> I have big hair, I think, I mean, I should have in, invested in Aquanet cause <laughs> I think we made the, a lot of money, the pick and the Aquanet and hold up and you can catch flies. Oh my fries. God. Yes.
0: So, um,
3: uh,
1: <laughs> you know, I, that was probably the most traumatizing when it actually hit me was my freshman year and mom came and said we have to we were in Magna and we needed to move to Kearns.
3: So a different high school. So it was
1: a completely different city. You're talking thirty yeah. minutes yeah. and I was I was in school. I had my friends. I was on the cheerleading is, team. Is ninth
3: grade high school or is it ninth was, grade still was, middle school? It was it's, still middle school. Okay.
1: And I was gonna have to I didn't want I was no way gonna switch schools because right. I was so happy where I was, and I didn't know how I was going to get to school. Well, we had to do the move regardless. And I remember my cheerleading coach bought me a bus pass. So do you that, remember
3: his or her name?
1: Her name, um, Jorgensen. We called her Georgie. Wow. And she took me aside so that not to... Embarrassed me and asked me how I was going to get to school every day, and I didn't know because it was because you
3: were, you were at this time, you're in ninth grade, you were on the cheerleading squad, correct? And there's a story behind that, I know, yes, but we'll stick with the bus pass. So she said, I'm going to buy you a bus pass, yeah.
1: and I we moved and I would catch the bus, the UTA, from. West Valley and take it to school every day. Which is how long? It's at least a thirty-minute
3: bus ride. So school starts at eight o'clock. You got to get up at six thirty. Be out the door at seven. Hit the bus. Boom, 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 or whatever, something like that. Yeah. And you're obviously riding it alone. Right. Or well, your sister.
1: No, my sister ended up going to school where we were
0: at because she was younger, so she was an. So she went to
3: Kearns. Yeah. Um. That's a whole other story I want to talk about your sister, but...
0: Well, you should talk about when you moved and... Because um, I can relate to this and you we were sharing this the other day, but... When you moved, what happened when you had to go to the new school? I think this is really important for people to hear. Like, this would not happen. I would be shocked if it happened today. Wait a
3: minute. So, new school, but I thought you took a bus pass to stay in the school. So,
0: I finished out junior high.
1: Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. And And then um, we had to go. So, you know, the next step was I couldn't go back. I mean, it was just too much for me to continue to commute that way. So, I had to just accept that I was going to need to go to a whole new high school. where I knew nobody. All my friends were going on. To high school, and I was gonna to have to go
2: real quick.
3: How long did you take the bus your ninth grade? Was it like the whole year, half it, the year, two months? It
1: was probably three months. Okay, okay. every day. Mm-hmm. Man, awesome. Um, so then it came time to register for sophomore year and at the
3: at what was the new high school, Kearns High School, and you would have gone to Cyprus. Oh, Cyprus, we've heard about that,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. and um mom Sorry. was working so what mom, was she doing mom was a housekeeper at um, the Doubletree downtown I think that's the time frame so of course you know mom couldn't do it you know some others might have that luxury of going and taking her child to register for school or whatever um, because she was working and she needed to work so yeah. first day of school I have to suck it up and go and find out where the bus stops for me to get on the bus to go to school. I just remember, I was terrified of getting on that bus, not knowing anybody, but I did it, rode to the school, walked in this enormous high school, and walked up to the registration desk and said I'm here to register for school, the first day of school.
2: But you had to be like, what, 15 or? I yeah. was
0: 15. 15 years old. <clears throat> knowing nobody. Knowing nobody.
2: Getting, yeah. yeah, that's crazy. I mean,
0: it's that's a lot.
3: I want to know what you packed for lunch that day. No lunch. No lunch?
1: No, no
3: lunch. Did you eat school lunch? Ty- typically? Would typically eat school typically lunch. Typically eat school lunch, yeah. okay. Yeah. Hmm.
0: Um, I wonder why you're so independent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I remember there was um,
1: a good friend of mine today. Her name is Lori White. And she was walking down the hallway when I walked in the building. And it was somewhat empty because I think they were in... They were... It was... The school was just kind of getting started and the bell had rung. And she came up to me and I said, I don't know where the office is. Can you show me where the office is? And I went to the registration and, and registered that day. And she... Is my friend today we are still wow. together. amazing yeah. she, thank God for her that said here let me who are you and yeah introduce so, yourself to me. so
3: I mean like I listen to this story Christy and I look at my own childhood and I can't imagine and I look at myself as a parent I have a 15 year old and I can't imagine going Berkeley you got to go do this but even but I don't even know if your mom said you've got to go do that, or was it you who said I've got to go do it? Was your mom like, "Babe, I'm working and I'm just putting food on the table"? You're gonna go register. Yourself. You gotta go register, and then and then yeah. you're just like, there "Okay, no, crap." There was there
1: was no other way around it. That's no, other way what it around.
3: It. It. But I mean, for you to go, okay.
2: Um, I mean, how does someone? How does a kid even register themselves for school? <laughs> That's what my but question But I mean, even the, that, but
3: even the little comment of like, I had to figure out where the bus stop was. We don't have Google back right, then. Right, right. I mean, do you get up in the morning at 7 o'clock and look where the bus goes? I, I mean, what do you do? I to call doing? the
1: school the week prior, find out what the stops were. And then I remember going and walking to it ahead of time to see so if I knew how, where it was and how
3: long it would take.
0: And but you just had to figure that stuff well, out. There was no other way. I mean, I was yeah. Just had to figure that stuff out. Well, and
1: you know, I I think about my kids, and of course, because we changed what we grew up with, that we would not, you know, my kids would not even know what that looked like. Had, that would never. My be a kids experience. never ridden
3: trans, public transportation. I will
1: tell you, you know, Taylor, every year before he when he went to junior high and the year he went to high school, he would get a little bit of anxiety because he was afraid of wandering the halls not knowing where his classes were. So I would take Taylor mm-hmm. the week before We've
3: done that. and
1: walk his classes We've
3: done that.
0: so that he could go the first day and feel comfortable.
3: Know where room and 209 no is and right. you know, 317 yeah. is.
0: Yeah. So why do you think there's that difference? Like, I would love to hear... Like, why do you think that changed?
1: Well, I think you know, we we all say, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this when I grow up and be a mom, or I'm not gonna have this, yeah. or my kids aren't gonna have." I think we all have that version at, with something of what we're gonna do, or we're gonna not do, and you know, I want to say, my mom did the best she could with what she knew and what she had, and she was a hardworking single mother. There, they're just that's just what it was, and that is just what you had to do, but I, you know, I did commit when I'm a mom, I'm going to do my best to be able to ensure that my kids don't have to go through this. Yeah. It's just a different time. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think genera- gen- generations do that, right? Mm-hmm. So it takes one generation to, to, <clears throat> to really change what that other generation is going to do. And, it's and really, we don't
0: always get it right.
2: No, we don't always get it right, but it's really interesting to to listen to you tell your story because I had, like, my parents always, you know, took me everywhere. and We lived right across the street from the school, and so I didn't have to really venture out to, to do these things that you had to do. You weren't
1: a latchkey kid. Growing, no, Did I wasn't a latchkey mom.
2: kid. In fact, my mom, yeah, she stayed at home, and so I was always... Um, taken care of that way, and I wouldn't, um, I actually wouldn't even know what it would be like going back and being at that age and having to make those decisions for yourself and to have the drive and the push to actually go out and do it. Because Wait. how many kids would just stay home or be like, I'm, I, you know, I'm gonna drop out or I'm not gonna do this because I'm scared, I don't know what I'm doing. But then you went through and followed through. So that's very telling of the person that you are today.
1: Well, you talked about, you know, you asked me how many homes I lived in. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that is another thing that. um, That's a whole other podcast. I I committed, you know, I committed at a young age that I would live in a home long enough that my kids could come back to that home that they grew up in.
3: When did you decide that?
1: In my 20s. You, you, I decided that in my 20s. Like, I will I'm not a, doing that again. I'm not doing that. My kids will grow up in the home and they will have the opportunity to come back to the home. And we have been in our home for 23 years. And it's the longest he's ever been in the same house. <laughs> it's
3: like, I'm <laughs> tired of this long- house. Jeez, I, and, All these shoes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, and my goal
1: was that you know my kids could come home. And I and I feel very accomplished that I was able to provide that to them. That's a huge accomplishment. Because I have kids in their 30s that still get to come back to the house that they grew up in, and so I feel like you know I got that out of my childhood.
0: That's not a bad thing. Can I ask a question? Yeah, I got I got a whole I got I'm ready going. to go. I'm ready to go. Um, but what I want to what I would love for the listeners to learn about you. Um, and not to divulge you know, too much or more than you want. But I think the reality is, as you grew up in, it wasn't always pretty, but we, you know, you have said many times, it, I mean, it was rough and you're, you can withhold all of that or share whatever you want. But the truth of the matter is, is you don't hold any kind of um, resentment or anything. And telling, telling your story is not about saying what somebody did right or wrong. It's telling your story is saying what what it was that made you who you are today, um, and I think we want to hear of. I don't think you 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 and I have shared this, but we don't regret because if we wouldn't have had what we had, we we wouldn't be who we are. And so we look at it totally differently, but can you expand on it just a little bit? Like, I think, one, for people who have had, we always say that everybody's got a story. Right. But for people who have had a really traumatic, rough upbringing, yeah. and you're really kind of, you know, it's like tiptoeing around right. a little bit. Um, but what makes it so that you do choose, you had a choice to make? We've talked about it, You can go... One of two ways, and it's a choice, but what caused you to go the way you did? Do you know what caused you to do that? What caused you to be so committed to, okay, in your 20s to say, I don't want my kids to have to, I want them to have a house that they come back to. Right. I
1: mean, those are big things. Yeah, and, you know, I wish I could say, you know, what gave me that um, motivation, you know, I was 12 when I made the decision that I would be working in a job that was office related and I would make enough money to support myself and my family to have a different life than I had. I was 12 when I made that decision. Do you yeah. remember
3: where you were when you made that decision?
1: Um I we were at we, I was at home and I can I I don't remember all of the specifics on what kind of like put me there i'm sure it was some scenario that because there was a lot of there was a lot of trauma that was hap- that happened consistently and i just made a commitment to myself that this was not going to be my story i was going to do something that changed and changed the cycle
3: at age 12
1: at age 12 and I believe that I probably made mistakes along the way in terms of feeling like a victim in some parts of my life, but there was a point where I I said, there's, you can't, you can't continue, you're not a victim, you have the choice, and I, I let that out, I left that, and I don't ever look back and go, I really had this rough life and that's why or what i actually look back and say if i hadn't had that life i don't think i would be the woman i am today which i think is such a powerful part of our podcast is really being able to celebrate and honor and recognize appreciate and be sad be sad for the sad things that happen because sure. they because there they are those you can't put it in a box and ignore it but you acknowledge it and then you reframe it and I feel like I did a good job of that. I don't know why, I don't know how. I, don't, I didn't have therapy, I don't know where that came from. Mm-hmm. I just think my mom taught me survivor.
2: Your mom taught I feel like
1: that. my mom taught me survivorship and I think that's where it came
2: from.
3: That's one of the questions I have because you hear all this stuff about you doing so many things on your own like was your mom there with you like would she come home from work and go hey babe how was today what do you need my help with how can I be there and you're shaking your head no which is fine but like I said at I told you this last night at age 12 I didn't like to shower and you're having a plan to say I'm getting out of this life and I don't know how I'm doing it I'm gonna have a job in an office where I make good money and I can support my family. I mean that was on a total different u- I didn't hit the- I didn't think about that until I was forty. <laughs> yeah, no. and I, 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 uh, I, mean, uh, I think and you're I, at twelve, Christy. I, thank God
1: because I I think that's a beautiful thing, but there are so many stories where you have kids that are, you know, put in these situations where that, that their, their life is not that. And they have to they they figure it out one way or another, and sometimes it's it turns out okay, and sometimes it doesn't. And um, you know, unfortunately, my mom didn't do that. My mom, I think, was so in survival mode of herself.
3: Sure, absolutely.
1: She, you know, that, that, that's my mom, but I don't I, I, don't want to paint this picture that my mom was so disconnected because my mom was a loving mother. She, we were very affectionate and loving, and, you know, I, I, I did get that from my mother, but my mom couldn't show up, mm-hmm. and, you know, mom didn't, I don't think mom really truly knew how to celebrate that type of thing, and, and no, it wasn't how did your day go, and what did you do, because, you know, mom... Mom was an alcoholic until I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And so that has a whole set of
3: Did you? Yeah, that's a whole issues, other podcast. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to go down that road, but I keep the, the thing that keeps popping through my brain that I have to ask. You know, I've been, my, my I, I'm a, the kid of a divorced parent's and through divorce the one thing I did lean upon the person who I leaned upon the most was my sister who was two years older than me. Did you have a really good relationship with your siblings like your older brother and your younger sister? Were you guys all in this together or were you just like y'all do your thing I'm doing my thing?
1: Um, Stacy and I were very close. Um, I was you know I'm an older sister and her and I were very close through all of it, and we kind of raised each other mm-hmm. for the most part. But one of my regrets um, is that I, when I had the opportunity to leave, I left. And I left her.
3: Yeah, because she would have been 13?
1: Right, and um, and I regret that, that she had to continue.
3: In that life, right. or in that world. Right. Has she ever brought that up to you? Has she ever said anything to oh, you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she has. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. That it's a, it's a very sad part of our history. Kind of like looking back and, and not knowing at the time because you know that was one of the things that I didn't know mm-hmm. at sixteen, that I had done, and it wasn't until later in life that she shared how hard that was for her, and.
0: But that's a lot for a sixteen oh, yeah. to take on, for sure. Like for you're, sure. A, you're,
1: you know, but when you're, she looked, but she looked baby. to you, and we could yeah. justify it, you know, in yeah. so many ways. But I let my sister down, and so I live with that, and it's something that you know she's forgiven, and she's, right. you know, Stacey's an amazing woman in her own right. Sure, has done well, and and you know she's her stories, but yeah, it's it's one of my
2: regrets. But she's she's also a survivor as well. For I mean, sure, she's, yeah she is has a lot of the same characteristics that Christy has and um, and has grown and has her armor that she has Ooh, that's a good word you know really that's a good word put on through her life yeah. and so they're tough women
0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think someone could benefit, please share. If there's a conversation you think we should be having or a topic that resonated with you, please let us know. You can engage and follow us on Facebook
1: and Instagram at Pieces of a Woman Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. If you listen to us on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and a comment.